Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. I love that intro. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to say. It's what he likes to comment on. That's true. I, I like to comment on a lot of things in my life and the life and things I see in your life and things I see on television, things I read. And as I travel, you get to experience a lot of different uh, situations that allows you either to compromise what you want to do or confront the issues at hand. I'm a confronter. If something bothers me, I will definitely uh, make note of it to the individual or the situation that's creating the, the distraction in my life. That's what Money Making Conversations is all about, information and how to how to react to the information financially, socially, educationally, and more importantly, if you're trying to change your life through your dreams, through goal setting. Uh, one, of my, one of the key roles in my interview that I'm about to go into is that the family experience. Uh, uh, one of the key roles that we live in our lives as entrepreneurs or small business owners is the amount of time that you place with your family. Who or what is first in your life? Is it your family? Where's your faith? How about work, your business? What is first? Where are your spiritual beliefs aligned in this emotional countdown? That's what we're going to talk about today. Small business owners, people, goal setters, dreamers. We have a talk, we have a talk a lot of, we're going to talk about a lot of things with my next two guests. One is the CEO and founder of Jamestown Music. He's a Grammy-nominated Billboard Music Award artist. Two-time Stellar Award artists, J.J. Harrison and Youthful Praise, going to their first ever number one Billboard Top uh, Gospel Airplay chart hit with their single, You Deserve It, in 2017. He's joined on the show today with his wife to discuss their book, A Miracle Marriage, I Forgive You, I Trust You, I Believe You, Volume 1. They state that marriage is sacred. Marriage is powerful. But marriage has also been under attack for quite some time. So on Monday Making Conversations today, we will discuss these things I mentioned and many more things. Please welcome to Monday Making Conversations, J.J. and Trina Harrison. Hey, Rashad, how are you? Pretty good, my friend. Pretty good. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm always glad to be on. Well, uh, uh, Trina, you there? Yes, I'm here. Thank you for having us. Oh, absolutely. Uh, as you saw, I, I made some comments about myself and uh, the family. And uh, and a lot of people, when uh, you, I'm talking to two entrepreneurs here, small business owners, people who are living their dreams and their dreams are being put in place through their goal setting and their consistency. Where is put in perspective before we actually get into into the book, the role of the family and uh, in in its, in your role of being successful as entrepreneurs. Well, we we honestly believe that your family comes first. We believe family is your first ministry. And I often say that God does things in order. He's not going to bless you with this, you know, family, this wife, these children, and then expect you to put them to the side so that you can build a career um, outside of the home. But we believe that God does things in order so that if you build your home and you do it in the correct way, honoring your wife and teaching your children the principles of God, that he will set things in line for you when it comes to your career and the things that you, the people that you need to meet, the people that you need to connect with, all of that for us 
comes together when you put your marriage and your family first, because God is a, we believe God is a God of order. So in, in doing so, um, if you if you read our book, and I believe you have, and maybe someone else <laughs> out there has read it, um, when things were not in order in our household, uh, things were not in order for neither one of our careers. Uh, we didn't know what we wanted to do, and even the things that we did desire to do just didn't seem to come together the way we needed them to come together. Um, but it wasn't until we decided that we were going to put our family first. Um, JJ had made a decision that he was going to um, get his family back together at, at whatever cost that meant, whether it meant um, having to start all over career-wise or whatever it meant. He was determined to put his family back together. And once he did that, believe it or not, um, what he started hearing from God started changing. The music that he started hearing and his conversation and his relationship with God started to change. And as a result of that, um, you see the J.J. that you have today. That is the Grammy-nominated and the stellar winner, (laughs) um, and that's traveling all over the country. That did not happen until... We got our family together. Uh, JJ, your turn. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean <laughs> my wife always says it so perfectly. Um, I, you know, we we initially, and, and this probably um, you can attest to this as well, Sean. Mm-hmm. Um, we we got married before yes. um, things really happened for us, mm-hmm. and before we started, we weren't even thinking about starting businesses and all that. We just got married, and um, we were still making music and everything while we were while we were um, married. And like my wife said, you know, we had gotten some moderate success, but things didn't change for us until our, our, our family was in order. Our home was in order. Then we were actually clear in our minds. We were clear in our hearts. There was no, there was no hindrance between us and God. And he was able to give us different visions, different dreams, different ideas that have exploded on us and, and really put, put us in another place. So um, we always say family first, home first. God is not going to trust you to be a blessing to the world if he can't even trust you with your house. Absolutely. Uh, it's really, uh, when I was reading the book, it was, uh, you know, the book is about Trina's truth and JJ's journey. It's, 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 it's sectioned out throughout the book like that. And one of the things, uh, yeah. and we're going to go through different sections of the book, and I'm not going to, First of all, it's a motivating book. Let me just tell you, it's an uplifting book. This is not a sad wow. book. This is not a, this is not a testimonial about what we did wrong. It's about a, about information about what you can do right and using their life as an example, which is very powerful because a lot of people don't want to reveal any um, missteps in their life because they're they're, 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 they're they're that's the shallow life that we live. You know, I want to be perfect. Right. I want to live a life that uh, doesn't have. Ex- any negative moments, but that's not truth. Those are not truths. Right. And that's, this book is about truths. And what, what, what continually came out in each chapter I read was they set examples up. They go into the faith, they go into the Bible and show examples of why this happened with, why Jesus turned water into wine at, which was at a marriage ceremony that he was invited to. And he didn't, he right. didn't. And so these are all important things. And so I like it because of the fact that, you know, you know, when you walk away from something you, and you learn something, I learned from this book. And so I want to point this out. So I'm going to have wow. a good time with this book. I'm, I'm upbeat. Wow. Rashawn McDonald's upbeat. You know, I, I walked wow. away. I walked away going, yeah, I can't wait for this interview. I got all these posters. We're going to talk. And uh, 
because you know, you know, my natural background, I'm an uplifting guy, and so it was one section of the book called um, "Cell Phones and Passwords." <laughs> Where, oh God! Cell phones and passwords. If you like, I, I can put my phone down anywhere in my house, and my my wife can pick up my phone, and she she asked me, "What's your password?" I'd give it to her. So many people make right. mistake with the two phones. I, I've never had two phones in my life. First of all, okay, I have one phone, one phone <laughs> number. I never understand the two phone system. Secondly, if 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 you put your phone down and anybody that you love or dating a fiance or wife goes towards your phone and you dive into the phone, then you got a problem. Right. <laughs> you got a problem. Because you got to be honest on all levels. And that's all you're saying in this book. And using the example of cell phones and password is a great example for from the, for the common folk, we know how we're tied to that technology, and this technology yes. can be a barrier to getting your family right, to getting your relationship on point. Correct. Right. That's so true. I don't. I never understood why in 2019 we are still using cell phones or any kind of electronic device to hide stuff. Because as we know, with computers, they can be great, but they also can be a curse. They can ruin your life. They will tell every piece about you that you don't want. If, if you pick up someone's cell phone these days, it's almost like a dot into their life. <laughs> yes. Um, so mm-hmm. you got to be an open book and, and you have to be very transparent mm-hmm. with your spouse about everything because, mm-hmm. like you say, it's only going to take a crack of a cell phone um, for them to open up and see what you've been doing on your off time. Yes. Yes. And, and for me, that, that, that was part of our rebuilding process. The yeah. fact that we were able to be as transparent. Like we, there's nothing. There's no. Um, there's no site. There's no um, page. <laughs> yes. There's no code that my wife does not have for me. Absolutely. Because we need to be able to be open with each other. There. And the thing is, she doesn't even have to look. She doesn't even care to look because she knows. She knows everything. Love it. You're exactly right. It, there's a quote in the book: "Marriage is all tied to the amount of work." Mm-hmm. And if you're not willing to put in the work. Do not get married. If you're not willing to put in the work into your business, do not start a business. If you're not willing to put in work in the job that you're doing 40 hours a week, change jobs. You have to be committed to be successful. And marriage is a part of that process. Your family is part of your process. And family tied to making it number one, meaning that you prioritize the, the setup. Because if you if you got all the success in the world and you go home to a, a, a dysfunctional family, guess what? Your day is going to be dysfunctional. Your night's going to be dysfunctional. That's right. You're going to wake up dysfunctional. So sure. fix the family first. And I, and I promise you, the shift will be right. That's called a balanced life. That's what I preach on this show. Another thing I wanted to talk about on the show with you guys was talking on the phone, having time for each other. I know we got like three minutes left, but I wanted to bring that up because that's an issue that people have. You know, they, 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 they talk when they see each other, you know. Because the telephone is the new flowers to me. You know, send your wife flowers, send your girlfriend flowers, send your, send your fiancé flowers. Because you, you, can, you can communicate. Communication is so key because there's no excuses. Back in the old days, you know, you had your rotary dial telephone, then regular telephone. You couldn't drive. You, you go to work, then you talk. You could actually drive right. home and have a conversation. Use that as valuable communication time for your relationship, Correct. That's what. That's exactly what we do, and and we encourage all couples to find a way to um, give each other quality time. And for us, because we're both busy, what we what I vow is when I'm in my car and I'm driving, 
I could be driving an hour away. I could be driving three hours away. I call her and we talk the whole time I'm driving because that's uninterrupted time between you and your spouse. And and I don't I don't even click over. If somebody calls me, they text me or whatever. I answer those texts when I get where I'm going. But mm-hmm. that's time I spend with my wife. And there's been plenty of times I drive. My, I'm on my way home. I talk to her. I get in the garage. <laughs> Because when you see each other, you say, hey, how how you doing? How was your day? And that's it. Yes. As opposed to giving them time where you actually allow each other to talk out your ideas, talk about your plans, talk about what your dreams are, talk about how you feel. Mm-hmm. Those are things you can really talk through when you're on the phone in, in the car. This is amazing just hearing this, having this conversation. You got, a, you got an album that came out. I want to get this out. It came out, The Miracle Worker. We want to shout that out. Yeah. That, that came out last month. Uh, how's it doing? Uh, what, what's the expectations of that one after that tremendous success on the previous one? Man, it's doing great. You know what I found with this one? I wanted to go a little bit of a different direction. Mm-hmm. You deserve it a lot of us to really have a great um, reach into Africa. So we recorded a few African songs, and it's funny. Just one one of the songs we just released a video for uh, on Friday. It has like. In four days, I have like 500,000 views or something like 400-something thousand views because that's how they consume music. So we wanted to release music in a way that would really appeal to the African continent, and and it's been really successful so far. Awesome. My man, I want to thank both of you guys for coming on my show. As you can see, I've fallen in love with uh, the book, your brand. Again, uh, this is your home. Trina, it's your home, too. And I'm glad you. I'm glad you. I'm glad you realize that I'm with you, girl. I'm with you, boy. <laughs> we, Thank you. We it, appreciate your support. And the support's for real. And I uh, realize that people, when I talk about success, when I talk about work, you have to put work in anything that you want. Twenty four hours a day. I always tell everybody, there's an hour in each day that you can utilize to be successful. Put the time in, and you will win. We'll be right back with more. From Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, the host of Money Making Conversations. You say to yourself, who calls Rashawn show? Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Lala Anthony. We met, you know, you always say, Rashawn, yes. uh, can you give me, can we talk? Can we talk? I, I mean, always talk to you about everything, <laughs> everything. And looking at you and Steve Harvey, you know, that motivated me too because I would see all the amazing things you guys were doing and not just being on the radio. I mm-hmm. felt like at that time and even now, you mm-hmm. know, people want to put people in boxes. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, the incredible Nick Cannon. You're truly one of my mentors and one of the people that showed me that you can be motivated. You know for a fact now that you're about to capture an audience that's going to have a spending power for at least another 20 years. To me, it's like my happiness is invaluable. Money doesn't make you happy, but happy makes you money. Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I'm the host. One of the hottest growing, fastest growing podcasts. Download my show. What is on that? I'm in that 10% bracket of downloads in seven days. That's what they do with my show. My show go online. They download it. I'm in that 10% that they put out there. The little marker, they, how they gauge download and popularity. Well, I'm one of those popular podcasts out there. You can get me on Spotify, Spotify, iHeart, iTunes, Apple. All the majors got me now. Even if you have Alexa. You just say money-making conversation. Enable money-making conversation. I start talking in your house. All that good stuff. Because money-making conversation is a show about entrepreneurship 
and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. My guests, in turn, deliver information about their their career, how they plan their career, the ups and downs of their career, motivation behind their career, financial literacy, uh, bringing those type of experts in there, and how, and most importantly, all my guests lead a balanced life and share their secrets to success. Now, let's get to the good stuff. My next guest, she's on the phone. Uh, she's an HBCU graduate of Prairie View A&M with a degree in engineering. My degree is in mathematics, so I I can, uh, she's kind of like a, she's a little bit more advanced than me because she has to take physics, and physics shut me down, shut me down. I couldn't get past physics. Now she's a popular stand-up comedian, film star, Emmy-winning television co-host on The Real, and this past summer, she was the first woman to host the Essence Festival in New Orleans, Louisiana. She's on the show to talk about her talk show, The Real, her new book, talk about Cafe Mocha, and her new holiday Ashley Stewart fashion line. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Lonnie Love. Hey, Rashawn, how are you? <laughs> I just love her. This, I'm going to tell you something. Before we get started, Lonnie Love, we're we going to be talking dead serious, and she's going to make you laugh. I've, 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 I've saw a lot of gifted people. I was watching The Real the other day. They they have to keep The Real is the talk show that she's a co-host on. They have to keep a camera on you because your physical your physical gestures, your 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 uh your your side comments are just hysterical. Just hysterical. Oh. <laughs> we try to keep levity and you know, we try to do that. So, well, you 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 bring it, you bring it, because the reason I like I I love it, and I'm, I'm happy you was able to do my show, because sometimes individuals like you that are so talented, I just like I just want to just tell you how good you are personally, and uh, and I, I, you know that some people say I carry a little weight in the industry, you know my what I say really helps out people and stuff like that. And I'm just saying I'm not trying to help you out because you're being helped by your own talents that God gave you, and you've been and you're tied to hard work now. The fun part about this conversation is that you started doing stand-up at Prairie View, which is right outside of Houston, Texas, because you're a Detroit girl, correct? Yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> so, so now tell me about this whole transition, because, you know, you, you're kind of like me in a way, because, I, you know, I work for IBM, I, uh, I, mm-hmm. uh, I got a math degree, and I was doing stand-up comedy at night. And then I eventually left oh. IBM to pursue a career in stand-up. Tell us your background. How how it all got started? Well, that's um, really I got a. Um, I'm from the Brewster Projects. Didn't have no money, <laughs> and then one day I ended up going to. Um, I got a uh, scholarship to go down to Prairie View and University, and um, one day I just even though I had the scholarship, I didn't have any spending money. I was in a bar one day, and they was like, "Well, we'll give somebody fifty dollars for the best story." And um, I needed that money, so I just got up there and said a story. I don't know what I said. I don't know what the story. I just made up something and got the $50, and that made me realize that people <laughs> actually pay people to tell stories. I was like, ooh, this is, this is, this is nice. But um, I decided to go ahead and get my degree since I was already down there. Right. Got right. a job. I got a job in, um, in Los Angeles at Xerox, and mm-hmm. then um, I worked there. And I never really thought I'd be a stand-up, but mm-hmm. then one day I was, like, depressed. I didn't know what I wanted to do in my life. I just knew I wasn't happy. I didn't want to be married. Um, I had a boyfriend and all that kind of stuff. And, right. you know, as you mm-hmm. you know, you know, get a nice job and all this kind of stuff, it's time for you to make decisions in your life. 
but mm-hmm. I just wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And one day I went to the comedy store and I saw all these men doing stand up and I only saw one woman. Right. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. It's just one woman and she was talking all kinds of stuff. You know how, you know, back then, you yes, know, in the, in, the, right. in the 90s, that was that, that rough, <laughs> that rough stuff. Oh, yeah. So that's when I started getting back in it. I started getting back in the stand up. I built up my career. Mm-hmm. And one day we had a layoff at my job and I went to my boss. I said, you know, save a job and lay me off because I was I was the worst engineer in the United States of America. Let's stop this right quick, Lonnie, because first of all, you would not, that's not what you wanted to do. It's just like IBM, I don't care. I, I, I As good a job as they said I was doing, my heart was not in the job. That was not your passion. Yep. Your gift was someplace else. And that's why I bring yeah. individuals like you on the show because there are a lot of people out there doing jobs right now. They're afraid to change. They're afraid to transition. How did you overcome that fear? Well, I overcame the fear by making a plan. I knew something. First of all, I had faith. Mm -hmm. And then I had faith that I knew that God was going to, you know, show me the way. Mm -hmm. And then um, I had to make a plan. And my plan was basically what what was I going to do? So I tell anybody, no matter what, you know, maybe you want to open up a daycare. You want to you know, open up a restaurant, you want to do a catering business, right. you know, any, whatever it is you're trying to do, study it. Right. And that's one thing I like about engineering. Engineering taught me how to study. Right. And actually it teaches you how to solve problems. So the mm-hmm. problem was I wasn't happy. Right. And I wanted to get out of my current situation. <laughs> right. So I studied mm-hmm. and I just started, started studying comedy and, and, and understanding, you know, what was a joke, what was funny, what wasn't funny. So people say you can't, you, you could be naturally funny. You have to have that talent. Right. But there's also mechanics to understanding comedy. And so no. that's what I did. I studied. And then once I saw that, you know, the sign for me was that layoff. When they, I was like, ooh, everybody was crying. I was like, ooh, this is my time to get up and, and, and get and out change. of here. Make I mean, change. because mm-hmm. with the layoff, you got severance package, mm. you know, so that gave me a little cushion. Mm. You know, I, then I had already started developing um, some contacts in the comedy world. Mm-hmm. So it, was, it, it wasn't it was an easy transition, but at least it wasn't like, I know some people, they say, well, I'm going to do comedy for six months. Comedy is not a six-month thing. It's not. You, when you get in it, you got to get in it. Absolutely. And it's going to be for a lifetime. You know, it's really funny. Just, just I've never spoken to a comedian with a with an engineering degree. And it's the same logic uh-huh. that I have in math. And I'm hearing a person mm-hmm. talk similar to me because it's a plan through the whole process. I, I had a plan. I went out there, I had, I would go into clubs and give people like, a, oh, can you evaluate my comedy performance? And I would, I would put mm-hmm. it in the folder. Yeah, I would give them a sheet. They, they look at me going, what are you talking about? I say, here's a, here's a form. Just check off what you think of me and, and you can mail it in later and uh, I'm going to use this to get me bookings at other clubs. They went, Oh, okay. Okay. We never had anybody do this before. I said, yeah, I'm just, this is how I've been trained from IBM. You do a job, you get evaluated, evaluated by it, and people will pay you based on your evaluation. And just hearing your yep. logic is all in the same place. It's like, okay, I, hear, I see these layoffs. Here's an opportunity. Let me take this severance pay. But you also know yep. there's no guarantee. But you also know that, hey, yep. you, you know you got to work. It's a, it's a long run. And that's where people start falling off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's been so many comics that I know that have tried to transition. Like, you know, I knew I needed to be someplace, either Los Angeles or or New York. 
if you really want to be in the business. Right. I know some comics, they be like, well, you know, I saved up enough money six months and I'm going to make it. And it's like, nope. dude, you're not going to make it in six months. <laughs> you know, it's just, it don't, it doesn't work like that. So I tell anybody, no matter what type of transition you're trying to make, you got to have a plan. Right. You, um, and that, no, there's nothing, I think people feel like, well, you know, sometimes I don't have to have a, a, a security net. Nothing's wrong to me. Nothing's wrong with having a security net. Right. I knew that, if it didn't work, I could always do something else. I could teach. I could, and that's another thing. You have your plan, but also have like a little backup plan. And a backup plan doesn't mean that you're going to fail. It's to me, it's just something in your subconscious that you know you'll be all right. You know, instead of having nothing at all. You know, so, you know, have a plan. This is the great thing about this. You know, I, I, I'm talking about because I gotta, I gotta make this. I made an announcement in your credits about hosting Essence music festival. It's called Essence Festival now. And walking on the mm-hmm. stage, you know, it can be as many as 70,000 people in front of you, okay? Yeah. And then knowing where you started, you know, you knowing, because when you when you start making these transitions, you're telling people, you're telling jokes, they, they wait, girl, don't you have a degree in engineering? They, they, mm-hmm. People are doubt, you know, your family members are questioning you. Well, how are you going to get paid? How are you going to get paid? Well, where's the regular check at? Now, you you leaving something good here. You sure? You sure? You right. sure? Mm-hmm. So in that transition, you have to start surrounding yourself with people who think like you and have your same passion. Otherwise, you won't make it through the whole process. And to go Exactly. And to go from that to being on the stage, walking out there, talk, talk about, first of all, getting the opportunity, getting the call to do that, and then walking out on stage mm-hmm. the first time at Essence Festival? Well, uh, the thing is, is what people have to realize is, number one, a lot of times, everybody's not going to be happy for you. Right. So a lot of that doubt that they that they, that they sincerely, they're, they're trying to act like they're sincere and they're worrying and caring about you is, is their own fear, is that they don't believe that you can do what you say you're out to do. Um, so I tell people that you have to believe in yourself. If nobody else believes in you, believe in yourself. Lonnie, you know I love you because I love you because of who you represent. I love you because of the authenticity of what you do on television and you stay true to who you are. Keep winning, okay? Please, and thank you for calling my show. I appreciate you, Rashawn. Take care, okay? Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Thank you. Bye-bye. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, the host of Money Making Conversations. You say to yourself, who calls Rashawn's show? Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Lala Anthony. We met, you know, you always say, Rashawn, yes. uh, can you give me, can we talk, can we talk? I, I mean, always talk to you about everything, <laughs> everything. And looking at you and Steve Harvey, you know, that motivated me too, because I would see all the amazing things you guys were doing and not just being on the radio. I mm-hmm. felt like at that time and even now, you mm-hmm. know, people want to put people in boxes. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, the incredible Nick Cannon. You're truly one of my mentors and one of the people that showed me that you can be more you know for a fact now that you're about to capture an audience that's going to have a spending power for at least another 20 years. To me, it's like my happiness has been valuable. Money doesn't make you happy, but happy makes you money. Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com. Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com. And follow Money Making Conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
Ladies and gentlemen, it's time you stop thinking about your dreams and put some plans into action. My next guest is one of the most popular Christian hip-hop artists in the rap industry. He has won five Grammy Awards, including one win for Best Gospel Album, which is awesome, 15 Double Awards, and one Billboard Music Award. He is a philanthropist, and I call him a social entrepreneur. We'll get into that in a minute. He's one of the best in the rap game. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Lecrae. What's going on? What's going on? Okay, first of all, Lecrae, Houston, Texas. That's where you were born, young man? Yeah. Okay, cool. That's where I'm from. Absolutely. You better believe it. That's where I'm from. Fifth Ward, <laughs> Texas, brother. Just, we're just going to lock down some information about each other. Get our GPS together here, okay? Now, I was Wow, at, you said Fifth Ward. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right there, Collinsworth exit. Oh, right, right off 59, brother. Right there, Russell and Bain Street. That's where I was born, right there. Now, here's the... Man, here's a, I'm a, my folks from Live Oak off in Third Ward. There you go. There you go. Come on now, we're gonna get, we're gonna get so, we're gonna be in so in tune, you and I. We're gonna be friends for life after this interview. Now, <laughs> here's the beauty of our relationship. Okay, I was at the uh, Super Super Bowl Gospel Celebration taping mm-hmm. in 2017, and I was sitting on the front row because uh, when you're big, that's where they put you on the front row. You sit you on the front row, and, uh, <laughs> and so and so this young man came out, you know, because uh, uh, I, I believe uh, um, uh, the mans were hosting. David Talent Man was hosting that year. Mm-hmm. And they introduced this young man called Lecrae. I didn't even know his name. All I knew was he came out and he was rapping. And I was sitting next to a person. I was saying, who is that dude? Because, first of all, he looked good. And he, see, here's the thing about his gifts. Because, see, gospel is rooted in, you know, that traditional look. You know, singing, you know, you know, you, you robes, got to have that choir, got to have a conductor. Here he was out there on that stage by himself, rapping. And he, I remember, I remember something he did. He told everybody to raise their hands. And I, and everybody, and this, this, this performance at Lakewood, that's Joel Osteen's church. Now that's, that's the former home of the Houston Rockets. You know, you're talking about 15, 20,000 people up in that joint. And all of them raised their hand. I look around and go, who is this dude? And then, but better than that, his, what he was saying said something to me. His beat said something to me. And I became a fan of your talents from that day. And you didn't even know that, young man. You didn't even know that you affected a person like me, Rashawn McDonald, based on your skill set. I didn't know you were from Houston at the time. All I know is that when you stood on that stage mm. and you walked off that stage and walked down those aisles, you walked right down my aisle, I went, I wonder who managing him. <laughs> Because, <laughs> brother, you got it, man. Uh, tell us about that journey a little, just, just just a little bit about that journey because of the fact that when I was watching California Dreams, Dreaming, it, it said that it, it seemed to say that you grew up in California, but then I, my bio, your bio said mm-hmm. that you were born in Houston, Texas. Can you help me out there? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, my, uh, you know, I, I, um, I got a military family, so of course we spend a lot of time in, in different places. Uh, I was, I was, my family originates in Houston, Texas, so right. that's where most of them live. That's where you know my mother's from. That's where I was. I, I started out at, um, but we moved around. So I spent some time in San Diego, in California, and I spent some time in Denver and in Dallas. Right. And so, but uh, but Houston has always been, you know, kind of the 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 origin, the root. Come on now, come on now. 
Ain't nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong yes. with having Houston as your origin, my friend. <laughs> yes. Now, uh, now where know, was where was Reach Records? Where was that established you know? at? Reach Records, your record company. Reach Records was actually established um, uh, right outside of Dallas in uh, Denton, Texas. And uh, basically, what had happened was a friend of mine and I. You know, we were at the University of North Texas. Um, and, and that's kind of where I, I had a spiritual transformation and just kind of realized, man, I may, I may need to use my gifts for, you know, a bigger purpose. And, um, and so from there, we, we began to start putting out the music independently. And, uh, and it, it, you know, Texas is almost like its own country. So just touring the state of <laughs> yes, Texas and, yes. and, and traveling throughout Texas had, had so many people uh, supporting the music, and it just kind of spilled over from there. And, well, and into the to the rest of the world, and so you know, year after year, uh, things just grew. You know, we started off independently. I remember taking my CD into stores and selling them for, on consignment. And if you don't know what consignment is, it's when you convince the store they need to buy some of your music. And I would send my friends in the store to go buy up the music that they bought, and then they would, <laughs> would buy some more from me. And so right. uh, it's literally out the trunk of my car, and uh, we did that for years until uh, things just kind of grew beyond having to do it that way. Well, you know, Lecrae, it's really a, a, a blessing to have this conversation with you because of the fact that you affected me in such a positive way. And, and that's what I, I really mm-hmm. love about gospel music, and in your case, hip-hop music and rap, because mm-hmm. of the fact that I'm, I'm old school. You know, I, I Tupac's my man, okay? You know, I grew yeah. up at uh, the comedy club yeah. in Houston, a uh, hip-hop comedy stop back in 1992. Oh, yeah. And so my whole yeah. my whole flavor is tied to what you're doing, even though I'm an R&B guy. You know, I'm, a, I'm an OJ's guy, yeah. uh, you know, Marvin Gaye, I'm all that. And so when I so when I see you, I see I see a very gifted young man that, that really is kind of like touching a person that, that's in my age group, but also younger people, too. Tell me the... Talk to us about the responsibility of what you are delivering with your music. Well, yeah, you know, I, I um, you know, spent a lot of time with my grandmother, who's basically like the spiritual matriarch of the family. And so there's a little bit of an old soul in me as well that, that helps me to connect uh, to people, you know, outside of my, you know, typical age range or, or, or you know, demographic. But then at the same time, you know, I was raised in the streets, and I ran ran the streets as a, as a kid, and, and so was influenced by a lot of that type of stuff. And so for me, I think about how do I take the wisdom that folks like my grandmother had instilled in me and uh, and how to apply it to folks who grew up like me who, you know, were looking for guidance and looking for, you know, different uh, models because I didn't grow up having models and role models. By the time I was a, a grown man, you know, Martin Luther King was gone. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, all we had was, a lot of confused individuals who were doing the best that they could, but you know, they, they didn't know which way was up. So for me, the responsibility is to use my music and my gift as a tool to, uh, to help people see their God given potential and, and to understand that, you know, that they were created uh, for a, a bigger purpose than what they may know. You really are a uniquely yeah. uh, uh, crafted individual. And I, and, I, and more so that I, when it comes to entrepreneurship, because we're going to talk about uh, your involvement in the uh, in some of the projects in Atlanta, I call you a social entrepreneur sure. because of the fact that you you go in and you're trying to change the community, you're trying to keep the community intact, but you're also trying to bring business mm-hmm. and trying to upgrade. Because you know, once you increase the taxes, then guess what? Schools get better, policing gets better, the community gets better, 
And that's what social entrepreneurs mm-hmm. do. Tell us about the English Avenue project that you're involved with in Atlanta. Yeah, so English Avenue has uh, <clears throat> historically been, uh, you know, over the last uh, decade or so, it's been a, a very tough area, you know, uh, known as the heroin capital of the Southeast. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of tra- trafficking, a lot of, um, you know, just uh, tough activity going on over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, hadn't been a school there uh, in years, since, matter of fact, since 1996. So there's more grocery stores. I mean, there's not even, there's, there's no grocery stores, you know, mm-hmm. there's just, it's a food desert. It's a school desert, and um, it's a very unfortunate situation. And so, a good friend of mine, Benjamin Wills, uh, had a vision to uh, to to see some change in that community. And you know, I came alongside Benjamin Wills, and um, and we uh, worked hard to put a school in that community. And so, Peace Preparatory Academy is in its uh, fourth year now, mm-hmm. um, adding a grade every year. So it's the first school that's been in the neighborhood uh, since '96. I also Took it upon myself to uh, to you know uh, take ownership over some of the properties down there because if you know as a black man I wanted to make sure that the community was owned by somebody who cares about the community and so um, instead of just putting up you know random things that are not helpful for the community and just trying to profit off of them I'm thinking through how can we do something that is profitable uh, as a business but then also uh, you know sustainable but it also helps the community so. Things like that or, you know, um, places that uh, can house folks right. and they can pay rent at a low at a lower price, but they can also work in the storefront. And so you just get different uh, circumstances and different things along those lines. So, you know, there's, um, there's, there's stores, storefronts that provide, you know, healthier options Absolutely. for people, Absolutely. but that provide them at, at a uh, – at a cost that they can afford. Right. And you hire people from within the community. Absolutely. And that, that becomes a part of the, the process of, of getting English Ave. That, that's, um, that's why you know, I established better, the, uh, the Neighborhood Award. That's what the Hoodie Awards was all about when I did it for 16 straight years, about shining the, the, the true stars of the community. The stars are built within the community. Mm-hmm. You don't bring them outside. They're, they're gifted people within the community. We just got to shine a stronger light on it. I'll, I'll, I'll be remiss if I don't talk about it, your music as we close out. Is, is California Dreaming, is that your newest single video out, a new single out, or, or is one that's come out after that? No, yeah, that's the latest one. We, we, we okay. put that out as a summer project, you know, mm-hmm. just something for the summer. Okay, playing to, playing you know, bones in there, riding the 10-speed bikes, riding the little, the little banana bikes. Okay, now. <laughs> All right. What yeah, you know about dominoes, yeah. though, Lecrae? That's what I'm trying to play. Are you just are you just faking like you playing dominoes, or you really know how to play dominoes, though, Lecrae? They don't want it with me. Oh! Okay, listen, listen, they don't want it with me. Oh! Oh! Okay, now, I'm going to say, so here's the, here's the real deal, my brother, because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, on Thursday, I'm going to post college on the Dreaming on my social media, okay? You know, and I'm going to post it on my social media. I'm going to tell you this. I live in Atlanta. I also have a home in Houston. So you have two places you can you can you can knock me out. Okay, you can knock me out, Mr. Bones. Okay. Don't want none of me. Okay, don't want none of me. I'm okay. talking about some me, not hey. you. Me. Because <laughs> right. you're a special talent. You're a special I talent, man. I want to thank you for coming on my show, Lecrae. And as you can see, man, um, I wanted to let you know that I am a fan. I I, I wanted to do research in your brand. I wanted to tell some of your story. And it's not enough to, enough time to tell you how great and the changes you're making in the community. Just do me a favor. Don't change. Stay strong and keep being you. Okay? 
We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, the host of Money Making Conversations. You say to yourself, who calls Rashawn's show? Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Lala Anthony. We met, you know, you always say, Rashawn, yes. uh, can you give me, can we talk, can we talk? I, I mean, always talk to you about everything, <laughs> everything. And looking at you and Steve Harvey, you know, that motivated me too because I would see all the amazing things you guys were doing and not just being on the radio. Mm-hmm. I felt like at that time and even now, you mm-hmm. know, people want to put people in boxes. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, the incredible Nick Cannon. You're truly one of my mentors and one of the people that showed me that you can be motivated. You know for a fact now that you're about to capture an audience that's going to have a spending power for at least another 20 years. To me, it's like my happiness has been valuable. Money doesn't make you happy, but happy makes you money. Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com. My next guest currently stars in the Queen Sugar series on the Oprah Winfrey Network. She is also a recognized playwright and CEO of the Inner Fitness Project. She is on the show today to discuss her new book. It came out November 19th, Mm -hmm. uh, The Little Book of Big Lies, Mm -hmm. A Journey into into Inner Fitness. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Tina Lifford. Hi, Rashawn. It's so nice to be here. First time uh, we talked on the phone. Yes. And uh, you was coming through Atlanta. You had an event here. I was not able to make it. Yes. Uh, Shame on you. Shame on me, shame on me, because you know, I, I travel a lot, and I, I try to get back in town, and sometimes no, uh, I'm kidding, my I'm life, kidding. but the beauty of it, I'm, I'm watching you now, I'm yes. enjoying the, the relationship I'm creating with you, Yes, because I feel you're a relationship-driven person, and reading your book, The Little Book of Big Lies, A Journey into Inner Fitness, okay, let's, let's start right there, Yes. okay, um, what is the Inner Fitness Project? So uh, first, let me define inner fitness. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Inner fitness is literally being fit on the inside. Absolutely. Developing the mental, emotional, and spiritual skills and practices mm-hmm. that can help us uh, reduce stress, be uh, strong on the inside, feel resilient, mm-hmm. and more than anything, to begin to thrive instead of just merely survive in our life. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, my aim, my personal aim is to be fully alive when I die. Right. You mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the inner fitness project recognized that, you know, there's all this emphasis on physical fitness. Absolutely. And literally no emphasis on inner fitness. Mm-hmm. And we really have to address the fact that, we have, there is a self inside of us mm-hmm. that self has needs mm-hmm. and we must become as familiar and uh, practice in dealing with that self mm-hmm. as we are the physical body. Because uh, So when you say that, is, uh, can I say right when I say therapy is, is, is something, especially within the, in the uh, community of color? Yes. Therapy is sound like a word that's like, oh, oh. You have something really wrong with you. Yeah. And, and and so that's what you're talking about, being able to to heal, to be able to grow, to develop the internal, the mental structure, the emotional structure will guide you through your daily life. Yes. Which sometimes is way more important than your, your outside, which is your physical being. Absolutely. Well, your physical being can't help you resolve those hurts, dramas, traumas, upsets, and disappointments that mm-hmm. you carry. 
Mm-hmm. And we all have unresolved hurts, dramas, traumas, upsets, and disappointments. Right. It's not our fault. Mm-hmm. It's by nature of our nervous system. When we have experiences and they are not properly processed, right. those experiences hang on inside okay. as an emotional reaction. Okay, cool. Now, before we get in detail about the book, mm-hmm. which I really enjoy. Okay. Um, there, Thank you. Because you're sharing, I guess, emotional slices of your life. Sure. Some of them very personal. Yep. And something. So when you start writing a book like that, how do you make the decision that I can, I'm, I'm going to be 100% honest here. You know, we talk about your dad, yes. his relationship with your mom. Yes. Was, with your mom, which yes. is abusive at times. Yes. You talk about the story when, you know, when you, your dad got out the car and you guys yes. locked the door and your yes. mom drove home yes. and your dad had to walk in later, yes. you know, and that, that, that those, those type of personal experience you talk about when you, you know, when you, the little boy, Jeffrey and your best friend, yes. you know, he told you he loved you and you was on cloud yeah. nine and he realized that was a joke. Yes. But that was those, 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 what you are saying is like, these are different moments and there are more moments. I, I don't want to reveal the entire book yes, because I yes. want you to buy the book. Yes. But those are, these are some of the key moments that you're talking about in your past, your inner fitness that you have to correct or admit yes. has happened in your journey in order for you to move forward. That's exactly right. Talk you, to us about that. Okay. So um, we, we all have experiences, Absolutely. you know, mm-hmm. and you know, one experience can't be compared to the other. Right. If it left you feeling less than not good enough or disconnected from right. yourself in any way, right. it is an experience that you can rewire your relationship right. to. Right. I undermine and, that. Yes. <laughs> and until we rewire our relationship to those uh, experiences, those mm-hmm. experiences live inside and they actually dictate our behavior. Right. You know, if in fact you had, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, like Jeffrey in the book, you know, if in fact your first experience with love was as disappointing and um, shameful right. as mine, mm-hmm. then you could make decisions mm-hmm. about love mm-hmm. that aren't going to be supportive of what you really, really want. Because you said that reflected your relationships moving forward. Yes, absolutely. Denial because you, you instead of admitting that you are hurt That's right. by that game that your That's best friend right. played along with a young That's man, right. he That's leaning right. behind you telling him he was a lie. That's right. You just went, oh. Yeah. But isn't that the, the natural response is to is to shield yourself from pain? Well, <clears throat> that that may be the reaction. Right. That's the surviving self right. reaction. Mm-hmm. But the I talk about the three selves in the book. Right. The, the surviving self, the thriving self, and the infinite self. Mm-hmm. And the surviving self, its its job right. is to help us feel safe. Mm-hmm. But it sometimes is helping us feel safe in ways that no longer actually support our life. Mm-hmm. You know, if in fact I made a decision as a, you know, seven year old or, or 17 year old, right. and now I'm still living by that decision and I'm not free enough to, to see that I've grown beyond that hurt. Right. Then I'm being held hostage by the past. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to be held hostage and we don't have to be held hostage. I'm going to tell you that 
everyone listening has some secret, right? you know, some fear, mm-hmm. something that they feel that if, if other people knew it would, you know, in somehow um, uh, deflate their reputation, right. it would uh, make them seem less than. Mm-hmm. And so you don't reveal that, but you carry it around as a secret. Right. And you hope that people don't come anywhere close to uh, that, it out. that area of your life. And that's why I was really uh, impressed with your book, because you revealed secrets. Yes. You revealed moments in your life that I thought were very important. And the thing about it is that when I look back at my life, I can, re- I loved your book because of the fact that I can clearly remember moments in my life. I can clearly remember in the fifth grade when my, my teacher stopped me from running around the school and said, you can do better than this. Stop. Yes. yes. You're not like every other student here. Yes. Stop. Yes. I can remember when the little boy patted me down and took my money yes. every day. Yes. Every day. Yes. You know, and I couldn't I couldn't figure out how could I get past this yes. kid. Yes. And I know that had a reflect on me. So yeah. a reflection on me. And I can remember those those moments like that at such an early age. Yes. And also when I became up in middle school, I can remember this young lady, my teacher asked me to read and uh because I was a very a good reader and this this young lady said, Why is he reading all the time? I want to read, and she couldn't read. Mm-hmm. But but that's that caused me to to change how I spoke. Yes, 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 it, yes. It, yes. it, 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 to, it, to, it caused you to um, uh, dim your light. Yes, mm-hmm. it caused you uh, and to, to fit be self conscious yes. about yes. speaking up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and so when, so when I when I'm reading your book, I'm going, wow, she's hidden so many steps on a person to me. And I'm 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 a person who people deem successful. Mm-hmm. People come to me for advice mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. I motivate people. Mm-hmm. But then we have all these little layers in our lives that if we don't talk about them, if we That's don't right. admit That's that right. they happen, then they get they just stay there That's and they right. contain a whole dark side of That's your life. Exactly right. That's what I took from your book. Yeah. And I'm, I'm and I am recommending people buy this book. It's by Tina Lifford. Uh, the little book of Big Lies: A Journey into Inner Fitness. Because I'm healing. Because of your book, yeah. because of the fact that I've told these stories, but to hear you articulate them in this book lets me know I need to tell, speak of them more. Yes, absolutely. You know, one of one of the things that I I love in the book, um, there's a couple of things that um, I, I I love about the book. Number one is I wrote it because I wanted people mm-hmm. to be able to get to their better life right. faster. Right. Mm-hmm. I used to pray the prayer, God, help me to go through doors first so that I can turn around and show others how to quicker with greater grace and ease. Mm-hmm. And so this book, you know, in 14 simple stories, mm-hmm. really delivers rather profound concepts. And mm-hmm. then at the end of each chapter, mm-hmm. there are actionable one, two, three things that Absolutely. you can do. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was my frustration is mm-hmm. that, you know, with the motivation and going to church and, you know, those people on the stage were shining, but mm-hmm. I didn't know what I needed to do inside of my own brain. Mm-hmm. You know, how did I need to uh, think? What did <laughs> I need to do inside of myself mm-hmm. so that I could take ownership of the concepts that they were talking well, about? Well, one of the great stories you shared in the book about singing. 
Yeah. When your mom said you could sing, you yeah. went, I can't sing. Yes. And you shared a story where you went into complete stage fright. That's right. And it just blocked out your ability to sing. That's right. And it later played itself out in uh, future auditions. That's exactly And you had right. to deal with that. That's so, right. So basically what you're saying in your book is that you can't run from it. That, it, it eventually going to rear its ugly head somewhere. Absolutely. And it rears its head uh, sometimes as addiction. It rears its head sometimes as, you know, depression. Mm-hmm. It rears its head in, in a multitude of ways. Right. And you can't outrun it. Right. My father mm-hmm. thought that he could outrun it. Right. Mm-hmm. We can't outrun the past. We have to rewire it. Being looked at by others mm-hmm. will not impact us in a negative way because we know who we are. You know, I, I, I feel you're a, a, a soulmate. Mm-hmm. I'll just let you know that because mm-hmm. of the fact that uh, you do a lot of things. Uh, one of the things I really loved about when reading your book, you uh, you have a downloadable free tool called ASAL, yes. Ascending Scale to an Awesome Life. Yes. Uh, you go to Tina, the foot, uh, dot com mm-hmm. and download a free tool. It's called right. ASAL, Ascending Scale to an Awesome Life. Please tell everybody what that is because I want to put that in my newsletter. Yeah, well, you know, one of the most important things we can do is to begin to understand the power of the thriving self. And what the thriving self gives us is Mm -hmm. a sense of possibility. Mm -hmm. And we need to build the muscle of being able to, no matter what our situation is, to get to a legitimate and resonating sense of possibility. If you have a sense of possibility, you can move through anything. Right. And it's really important for people to know that one of the biggest lies in this book is that who you are as you are is all that you mm-hmm. are. That mm-hmm. is not it. Mm-hmm. You are so much more, but you can't access all that you are if you are running. You can't access all that mm-hmm. you are if you don't accept mm-hmm. that there is more in you and then invest time in order to, you know, in order to express it and build it. And so those 14 little stories. <laughs> big stories. Big stories. Yeah, okay? they, are, they are big stories. You're because right. they're changing, they changed my life. They really are life changing. Because it made me open up and realize I got to tell my story. I got to be honest about myself more. Yeah especially about my past. Yeah. And uh, we're talking about the little book of Big Lies, A Journey into Inner Fitness. She's the star of Queen Series, but Queen Sugar. But the amazing thing about it, you're changing lives with this book. Yes. Uh, the first time I interviewed you, I thought you were amazing. And to have you in my studio as a guest, you're equally amazing. Uh, and uh, I want to nice. promote your brand. I want to continue to be a fan of what you do. Know that uh, money-making conversations, whatever you need to promote, always know there is a home for you here. Fantastic. I thank you so much, Rashawn. I appreciate you. (laughs) Thank you. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, the host of Money-Making Conversations. You say to yourself, who calls Rashawn's show? Please welcome to Money-Making Conversations, Lala Anthony. We met, you know, you always say, Rashawn, yes. uh, can you give me, can we talk, can we talk? I, I mean, always talk to you about everything, <laughs> everything. And looking at you and Steve Harvey, you know, that motivated me too, because I would see all the amazing things you guys were doing and not just being on the radio. Mm-hmm. I felt like at that time and even now, you mm-hmm. know, people want to put people in boxes. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, the incredible Nick Cannon. You're truly one of my mentors and one of the people that showed me that you can be motivated. You know for a fact now that you're about to capture an audience 
it's going to have a spending power for at least another 20 years. To me, it's like my happiness has been valuable. Money doesn't make you happy, but happy makes you money. Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com. Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com and follow Money Making Conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time you stop thinking about your dreams and put some plans into action.